In this episode, I'm having a conversation with Zach Lush. Zach is a former MLB player. He's a businessman and entrepreneur. He's the founder of Dojo X. He is also a branding expert. But on top of all those things, Zach is a father. He's a stepfather. He's a co-parent. And he's a coach. And he balances all these roles simultaneously to make him really the multi-role model father. Zach is going to share his biggest takeaways from his atypical journey to the major leagues and what he learned about consistency, discipline, and resiliency, and how you can instill a growth mindset in your kids, both as their parent and as their coach, so that they can too learn about resiliency, consistency, and discipline. My conversation with Zach Lush starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. My name is Cam Hall, and I am diving into a conversation today with our guest, Zach Lush. Now, I've known Zach for some time, and Zach is an amazing guy. But over the last few months in our interactions, it really made it stick that I had to have Zach on the podcast. You know, I've been chatting with Zach off and on about dads making a difference, the branding of it, the messaging of it, and the purpose of it. And through our conversations, I knew that this is a guy that had a message to share, and this was an amazing platform for him to share it. Because as fathers, we are driven to master the multiple roles in our lives and the roles that we play in our children's lives. So whether we find ourselves as a mentor, as a protector, a provider, a role model, a hero, a coach, or just your kid's number one cheerleader. We want to ensure that we are teaching our kids what it takes to succeed in life. So today, Zach joins us as a father, a stepfather, a co-parent, an entrepreneur, a fitness expert and coach, and former MLB player. And he joins us to share how his unique journey of underdog athlete turned pro helped him shape into the father the visionary and the business owner that he is today. Zach also shares how his experiences taught him a great deal about fatherhood, about resiliency, the mindset of growth and mastering the art of discipline. Now, those are things that we all want for our kids. And personally, I know I want those in my life. I want to be more disciplined. I want to show more consistency. I want to be resilient. And I know you do too. Zach is an inspiration to us all, and I'm excited about the powerful lessons and insight that he'll leave with you today. Lessons of failure, lessons of resiliency, of keep going at it and be consistent and disciplined, and lessons of success. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Mr. Zach Lush. Zach, welcome to the DMD podcast, brother. Glad to have you on. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Cam, same here, man. It's a pleasure. I'm fired up to be speaking here with you. So uh, let's roll, buddy. 
Let's roll. You know, we had an opportunity to connect earlier this week, as I often do with some of the guests before they come on. And I find those conversations so valuable. Uh, so valuable because it helps us frame this chat that everybody else gets to listen to. But it's those private chats that we have that I feel, you know, I learned so much about you. So I'm going to try to bring that out today. And so I may interrupt you and it's not intentional to be rude. But if you say something, man, I am going to dive right in because I know you have so much value and you have so much to say. So why don't we start with this, Zach? You know, you're a guy with man, a depth of experience in a lot of different areas. So why don't you tell us about your background, a little bit about how you grew up and how you got to where you're at today? Yeah, yeah. So Cam grew up in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Actually, prior to that, I uh, grew up in a military family. So up until I was 10 years old, we lived overseas in Europe. Um, you know, while my dad was you know, bouncing from base to base, he was out to sea a lot. Uh, but we finally settled down in Boston when I was uh, uh, 10 years old and uh, grew up there. Played, uh, I was in high school up there, uh, played sports growing up, was a big hockey and baseball guy. Uh, you know, I had, had the fortunate, I was very fortunate to move on and play sports at the college and professional level. So I've always told people, yeah, it feels like I've, I've lived three lives. But uh, man, growing up in New England, it's, it's, uh, it's, it was different back then. We, we grew up... Uh, you know, tough, scrappy. We love to fight. So I'm always telling stories. I tell my kids stories of, of childhood where it was, it's different. It's different than it is nowadays. And uh, yeah, I, I look back with fond memories of, of my childhood. So yeah, the, outside of Boston. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I know you're a big sports guy, but you know, big sports Red guy. Yeah. yeah. And that, I got to tell you a little sweet. bit about Boston. Can I, you're yeah. talking about Boston and a smile comes to my face. Boston in my family is like this mythical place because my grandparents <laughs> uh, were from Boston and then traveled the way across the United States and then ended up coming back into Canada. My grandfather was from Canada, my grandmother from Boston. So they settled and all we heard about growing up was Boston, Boston, Boston. And so to know that you're from Boston, you know, it's this mythical place for us. I'd love to go back to and man, to, to be at Fenway or go to a ball game, right. that would be amazing. Hallowed ground, man. It's like they call it the Athens of America, because obviously we have we all grow up hearing sto stories of Paul Revere and the Pilgrims and all that. But it's uh, I was just up there with, with my wife, and uh, we went to Cheers downtown and went to Fenway. So we we went to all the cool spots. But the city is has definitely taken a life of its own since I grew up. You know, it's definitely a lot more uh, friendly. You, you, there was, there were times growing up like, Hey, stay out of like these, these major parts of town, Chinatown, uh, little Italy, like all those places were, were pretty rough. So yeah, like the Mark Wahlberg uh, representations of Boston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you, you shared some of your story and you breeze through your experience in sport at, you know, the high school, college and professional level. And there's guys listening to this who'd love to hear more about that, but you just mentioned something I think is more important. So we're going to start there. You you just got married. You just got married this last yeah. summer. Uh, congratulations, by the way. Yeah, and Thank so you, uh, you got married in a beautiful destination, and you can share a little bit about that. But in that marriage, not only did you you know welcome a beautiful wife, you got to welcome in a seven year old stepson. You know, and, and you're a guy who has some older kids too. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, obviously at my age, finally settling down. Like I, I just remember hearing mom and dad, like, "Hey, when are you gonna finally settle down?" It's and I, you know, uh, my 
my kid's mom and I were great friends. We had a, a great relationship, just unfortunately went sideways. And, uh, but yeah, get, getting married to Marzi was definitely a dream come true. Um, inheriting uh, Jax as a stepson was another dream come true. Just, just, uh, a, just an awesome kid that, uh, you know, we've, we've been together three years now. So he's, he's been like uh, my son for three years. So yeah, it's definitely given me a different perspective. I feel like I'm way calmer, more patient, more flexible than I was when, when I was raising my two, my biologicals. Uh, just because back then it was, I was trying to start up. I was, I was running a business, starting up a business, then running it for a few years. Uh, so it was just a lot on my plate and now I have perspective, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a gift. Yeah. How old are your biological children? 18 and 15. Okay. So there's a bit of a gap there between them and Jack's. Hey. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so with your other kids being older, what has it been like? you know, stepping back in time a little bit as a dad. And here you are next to a seven-year-old again. How does that feel? Yeah, like I said, I think it's definitely being way more flexible and patient knowing it's almost like, you know, when you first find out you're going to have a kid, it's like, you're just figuring it out along the way. Like there's no book you can read. There's no, there's nobody, nobody you can, you can talk to people. You just, it, it doesn't prepare you for what's about to happen. So Absolutely. obviously Sage being the first, made a ton of mistakes, you know, and then Easton got a little bit better. Now I feel then there was a huge gap. And then I was like, man, Jax is kind of getting the, the best of me. And so it's definitely, definitely giving me perspective uh, for sure. Yeah. You mentioned something else that I think would be valuable just to share your perspective on, because, you know, I respect what you have to say in your perspective, knowing you a little bit, but there's guys listening to this podcast right now who might be in a, um, you know, be a single dad or be in a co-parenting situation or be a stepfather like you are. And you, you mentioned to me, you have a pretty healthy co-parenting relationship and you're also a stepfather. How have you found it, you know, fulfilling those roles or stepping into those roles as a dad? Yeah, I, I think, you know, kids are always looking, we're always a role model for our kids. And I, I guess I didn't really understand that until uh, Jax came into my life and just saw how he would mimic everything I said and did. And I, I, I guess I just didn't notice it when, when I was raising my kids. So just how big of a hero we are to them. Uh, doesn't matter if you're a, a, you know, the stepdad or not. Uh, but I think, you know, being able to model just what a healthy co-parenting relationship looks like to everyone involved, because it does affect uh, not just, you know, your biological kids, but your, your, your new wife or new relationship and, and the kids that are involved. So yeah, I think Deb and I do a very good job of 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 co-parenting we, we still love each other uh very great at communicating and, uh, and that's that's really on her uh you know more than me where she's she's an over communicator always has been will, will give me every detail sometimes to, <laughs> to the nth degree where, but yeah i think that's that's been the biggest takeaway for me it's just just being a good role model yeah that's excellent you know I think about role models and i think about being a father and that are there's little eyes always watching you you know, just watching you and how you speak to others and how you treat others and love on others and interact in times of conflict. And now I appreciate you sharing that because it's a, it's a, just a reminder, you know, as we walk away from these microphones, we go through our day, like I'm a role model and the guys listening to this right now are role models to the people who are around them, especially their kids. So no, thanks for opening up a bit. I will, I want to dive back into your story of growing up growing up connected to fitness, growing up connected to sport, because you did mention that in a little bit of your history. 
you know, how have your experiences, you know, influenced your passion for fitness and for sport? What in your experience kind of set that off or ignited that in you? Yeah, like I said, gr growing up in the Northeast, we grew up uh, with tales of the 1980 U.S. hockey team. And those guys were around us growing up. Um, Mike Ruzioni was, you know, was always around. He was one that uh, I think he scored the third goal against the Russians uh, back in 1980 game. So we all being kind of lunch pale, blue collar kids, we always BU Boston University was the school we all wanted to go to. So um, so I that was my goal was to get to was to play ice hockey or baseball at BU. But unfortunately, I just got rejected by BU and all the other major colleges in New England. So I was kind of out of options coming out of high school, knew I still had it in me to play to, to play sports. And um, luckily, I found a Division two college baseball team down in Florida that gave me a shot. I mean, make a long story short, I was you know, underperformed as a freshman. Uh, did a, I lost my job as a sophomore. And to me, I just attributed it to being scrawny, you know, didn't, didn't look the part, didn't look like a catcher. And uh, finally got myself dedicated to, to just getting in the gym. It said, hey, screw it. Like, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to figure it out. Like, I, I, I'd get in there, but I was always intimidated. Guys were stronger, would lift my, more weights, and I just didn't know where to start. So uh, by dedicating myself, I just became a beast, man. I came into my junior season, won the catcher's job started hitting a whole ton of home runs, got noticed by professional teams. And to me, that was the X factor. That's what boosted my, my confidence and, uh, you know, changed, really changed the game for me. So when, when uh, my career ended, I played professional baseball for a couple of years. Uh, I, I went back and started coaching and just saw the, really those, the, the intangibles that it, that it uh, it, it fostered and nurtured in kids. Like they, they gave, got more confident. They had, uh, you know, they realized there was more to the game. But to me, it was just every kid that came through my gym at one point seems like they they just were well adjusted in not just in sport, but in life. Like that, so many kids went off to be doctors, lawyers, engineers. So I was like, man, there's something here with with physical fitness. I, I could never figure it out, but it's it, there's so many so many ways I can unpack that. But yeah, it was it was personal and then it became, I, I just saw how it affected everybody. Yeah. There's a big mindset piece to that. And you said, you can't figure it out. Well, let's figure it out right now. Let's solve all the world's problems. <laughs> now I'm curious though, you know, as a guy who's been through the, you know, the systems of athletics, we'll call it that, you know, we have passion for the athlete, passion for physical development, you know, emotional, spiritual, intellectual well-being. Like we focus on that, but there's a lot of systems in place a lot of systems that might end up as barriers for kids along the way. And, you know, we, we've talked about that a little bit. I'm going to get into that, but I want to go back to mindset. If mindset's one of the defining factors, how do you shape mindset in youth? How do you shape mindset in an athlete? And even maybe a kid who's just passionate about sport or training, like you were passionate, you just like, I'm into this. Like, this is my thing now. Yeah. How do we shape that in, in our kids that we work with and live with today? Yeah, that's a great question, Ken, uh, because I think, that, you know, we, it's always the standard. It builds resilience and focus and discipline. But really, I, I think one of the, I, to me, consistency has always been a superpower. Like, mm. I used to tell people, you know, 80% of it is to just show up, get to the gym. And there's, you know this, most days you're in the gym, it's not your best day. You're not going to set PRs. Most days you get to, to the ball field, you're not going to be at your best. And it's kind of learning how to, 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 just to show up and be consistent because, over time, like those habits stack and the, those performance, those performances stack. Like, even if you look at my career, I was nobody 
all of a sudden just like I just took off is because first of all I love being there uh but but it was I was doing all the little things little things that you just you, you don't ever think anything of them when you're you're doing it and all of a sudden you're you're just head ahead above everybody you're like oh I, I guess it did work so even now with Jax is like there's days he doesn't want to get to practice it's like they just show up and put put the cleats on uh you know find a way to have fun up there yeah. uh but to me that that consistency is everything and yeah we you hear Jocko Wilnick discipline equals freedom to me right. uh part of the discipline is just be consistent whether it's your, your workout program your nutrition plan playing a sport you know running a business it's all the same yeah you know you you mentioned consistency and resiliency and you shared a little while ago you, you had a post on social media I, I read that you know, you share your path that, you know, you were cut, you worked hard, you worked hard in the gym, you got yourself physically to a point where you're able to impress the scouts and work your way up. But that didn't come without its hiccups, right? That didn't come without, you know, some things you had to work up against and work through to get where you needed to be. And I think it spoke to resiliency and um, thinking about injuries that you might have faced along the way. Why is resiliency so important for us to? You know, I, I want to say instill, if that's the right word, because, man, we, we hear this grit, you know, Angela Duckworth, we hear about grit, we hear about resiliency in our kids. But from a guy who's been through, like what you've been through, why is resiliency so important? Man, that's a great question. I, I think it's, first of all, I, I, and I'm not sure about this. I don't know if it's innate. I feel like it was innate just by the way I grew up. The environment I was in was tough. Again, like it, it never felt like practice was at four o'clock after school. It was either at 5 a.m. in the ice cold of uh, you know New England or it was at 10 p.m. and we're on a pond because the rink is full. So I, I kind of grew up just around this this tough environment. Uh, so I, I think it was it just it was just kind of it was just in me. Yeah. But when I started coaching at the college level, one of the biggest frustrations for the entire coaching staff was how unresilient or, or fragile kids seem to be and we just none of us remember growing up like that and as I you know the year after I left my college coaching career I started to think about it, it's like these kids didn't grow up the same way they've yeah. they've been you know they've they grew up well now now dealing with COVID and then they grew up typically with a digital thing in their hand you know so they didn't grow up you know on the playgrounds like we did so I think we have to give kids nowadays, especially I've learned this as a dad, just more grace. It's not the same. I think it's actually harder for them. I think it was way simpler back then for us. So finding ways now to help kids understand, like I'm dealing with, with Jax right now, honestly, where he doesn't like to lose, doesn't like to fail. If he's not good at it, he, he typically doesn't do it. Yeah. Um, so it took us a while to get him comfortable on the bike. So I had to break it down literally to the, the most basic step. I was like, dude, let's get on the bike. So your feet touch the ground and just walk on your bike across the, the basketball court. And he did it. I was like, cool, thumbs up. Yeah. And then and then we got then we got him coasting. So it actually we did, we got him to ride his bike. What was taking us two years, I, I was able to do it in 30 minutes just watching a YouTube video. I realized like, oh, okay. It's yeah. just a matter of chunking it down to the basics and and just help, you know, letting them know when they fall down, dude, just get back up, man. It's uh yeah, it's interesting. I think it's a challenge now nowadays. And I'm sure you're dealing with the same thing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, this idea that it's okay to fail. You know, yeah. you know, Jax is seven, right? Braylon, my son, is eight, just turned eight in June. 
playing i'm gonna use baseball for an example he's just finishing off fall ball right now and it's the first time that he's played with kids who are a little bit older than him but bray's he's competitive like i am but i see this in him what you were just explaining like if i can't do it i don't want to do it if i'm not good at it i don't want to do it bray's athletic and and he's actually good at these little areas of baseball but he's so competitive he wants to be on base every time and so he'll stand in the batter's box and he won't swing and I said, but, but buddy, like, why aren't you swinging? You can hit the ball. So I want to be on base. And I know that that pitcher who's eight or nine years old is going to walk me. So I'm just not going to swing. And I like, know that's not why we're here. And so I had to reframe it was, with an eight-year-old the purpose yeah. of going up to bat. Like, like, we're here to swing, buddy. Like, when you get older and you're up against a hard pitcher, walking's an art like it's it's part of the things when you get older and somebody's really good and you're able to work that walk but for you man you're eight years old that kid never pitched before it's not yeah. you know so i want you to swing i want you to swing and so finally last week you got to swing and i got to be honest can i share it? this is about yeah, you i want yeah. to share this because you'll laugh at this i think i had a bad dad moment and you might be listening to this right now it's like oh no what's cam gonna say but i had to bribe my son zach i had to tell him that i was going to pay him a dollar for a swinging strikeout and pay him a dollar for a ground out <laughs> and but if he walked he didn't get anything and by the end of the game i owed him six bucks so i don't know something <laughs> something like but it speaks to i think it speaks back to what you were sharing about motivation um how kids are motivated these days giving them some grace but how do we teach our young men and daughters how to fail and knowing that it's okay to fail Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dad's making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. Yeah, that's a good, I, I think I have an answer to that. And it's something because the the nature of youth sports these days, it's all about the outcome, right? It's about winning the tournament, winning the game, mm-hmm. uh, uh, dominating your opponent. And you hear this all the time on a ball field, especially, especially at the higher levels, like focus on what, focus on what you can control, focus on the process. You know, swing the bat, get up there and just take take a great swing at the ball, man. If it's near the plate, take a swing. That's what we're here for. Even with jacks, like just focus on the process, get keep your feet on the ground and get to the other side of the of the court. I think we can build resiliency by reframing what their focus is. Like now, because I've had plenty of bad dad moments where I would pay them or <laughs> you know, uh, and, and now really it's like, hey, today we're just make sure yeah, we we kick 10 hard to the back of the net. The next time it'd be 10 to the back right corner. Um, so I think it's really on us as coaches and as dads to figure out what help, help kids understand it's more about process than outcome. 
Oh, I love that you said that, that it's more process than outcome. Like it's more process than product. And we live in a society right now. And I'm seeing this with dads. I've seen this on baseball. I'm seeing, you know, I'm as an educator for 17 years, I'm seeing this where it's becoming more about the product and less about the process. And yeah. if you've ever listened to me, so I've done, I've done a lot of stuff here on the podcast about growth. And my three mantras are like, aim for growth. Well, know your why, aim for growth and take ownership. And if you do those things and that's your filter, you're going to start seeing improvement. You're going to, you're going to get to where you want to be. Maybe not easily, but you'll get there. But it makes you own that process. But man, you're so right. Like youth sports, product base. I, I see parents and coaches screaming at 10-year-old kids right now. Mm. I'm like, what is happening? And it's pushing kids away. No, we were just talking about yeah. that, right? That's, and you've seen that. Like, I'm in Canada. Our culture around sports is a little bit different, unless it's hockey. Like, seriously, it's insane up here with hockey. You know that you're a hockey guy too. But um, do you see that with the youth and the community sport and now the big money club sport that you have in the United States? It's so sad, man, because I was on both sides of it. I, I was coaching. And, and again, parents pushed me, hey, run our travel ball team. And I did. And then I got to, I realized, like, this isn't about the kids. It's just about them. Like they love the traveling and the, right? the big showcase events. And as I do, what this, the it's completely messed up and it's happening at the highest levels with the people running organizations. Cause it is a profit center and it's happening. The parents are just trying to keep up with the Joneses and it's teaching the kids the wrong thing. I think that's why we're seeing that downward trend uh, because kids just don't enjoy it anymore. It's it, there. I saw it with my daughter, man. I, she was on a, club volleyball team this is a bad dad moment i said i'd never be that guy that would call a coach out but we're we're five games into a tournament she's still riding the bench we're, we're dominating teams she has and i just see her just like shrinking and just yeah. and, and, and then your heart breaks for the kid man and so i just say hey I, I pulled her off the court said a couple words to the coach the whole place went silent and i was like oh man uh this is this isn't the, the thing i was hoping for but he just uh and i realized yeah it's we're doing it for the wrong reasons and it's and it's actually it's sad man because right. the kids are it's, it's such a big boost for kids morale and and all the positive benefits that come with being involved in sports and physical fitness physical fitness mental health you know self-awareness all these things you know i've seen the yeah. same you know working in high schools middle school i coached for a really long time and then i was really upset because then i i was upset at that time because one, my kids weren't old enough to play sport, but I didn't get it yet. I saw these, these students and athletes who were quite young specializing in one sport. And I was like, oh, I'm never going to have my kids specialize in one sport early. And then the next thing I know, like my daughter's 10, my son's eight, they're into different things, but everything's at the same time. So they have to pick one. And so then you said, like we're talking about club sport, keeping up with the Joneses. You feel this pull and I'm feeling that pull as a father for the first time. I'm like, I have to put my kid in this elite group. I have to put them in this trial group or pay for this club sport because will they be left behind? And then I have to take a breath and say, it's not about me. It's not about me. <laughs> you know, I'm worried they'll be left behind because apparently I have expectations for them probably unfair expectations that they don't have for themselves yet. I think there's healthy expectations that because anyway, I don't want to get down a rabbit hole, but that idea of the single sport athlete at eight to 10 years old is mind blowing to me. Just happened to us over the weekend. Uh, uh, Jack's his team won, uh, had two games in Jacksonville. And I'm like, dude, that's three hours away. We can't find another seven year old team like within in our town. This is a massive place. 
And it's because now it's just about getting them used to traveling. Like, it's like this economically doesn't make sense. I don't think the kids enjoy, actually, he enjoyed it when he gets there, but man, three hours back and forth for a game. Nah, seven years old. Just, yeah. Seven years old. Crazy. You know, you, I, you identify your passion for fitness and you have a passion for helping youth and athletes. And you've been able to work with, you know, a range of athletes, athletes at, you know, developmental levels, but also professional athletes because you have a passion for fitness and what it means. Can you touch on, uh, I'm going to get where I'm heading with this. I'll let you know as I'm heading to like this cool project you have in the works right now, because you're such an entrepreneurial guy, business-minded guy, but can you set the, set the picture for us for why, sport and physical training is so important for not only youth but probably for the old athletes who are listening to this right now <laughs> old athletes yeah <laughs> the, you know it was, it was interesting because i my i ran a gym for 12 years we were the first of our kind in my town it was a sports performance facility so we strictly trained athletes but occasionally i would run an adult boot camp and invariably two, three weeks in those running their business, running a business or, you know, that were involved in wealth management, whatever, come in and say, I don't know what's going on, but I'm making more money than I ever have. And I was like, to me, health and wealth are, are interrelated. Like, it, it, but it's, when you think about it, it's really about having better energy. You're typically in a better mood. And that, that and we see that in the kids as well. Um, you know, a humble brag, there was, there was a point where my gym had, we had uh two of the top LPGA players in the world. We had uh, a whole bunch of major league baseball guys in there training with high school kids and middle school kids. And it was, it just was, yeah, it, it was something for the younger kids to look up and like, Hey, if they're doing what, what coaches are telling us to do, might as well just you know, follow along because it's working for them. Um, and so to me, we, we modeled that and, and uh, we said, Hey, what doesn't matter for, to me, everyone should train like an athlete because the training isn't just weightlifting it's about mobility and pliability and, and, and power. I think that's something we lose as we age is, is the ability to generate power. So, you know, all your jumping and plyometrics, uh, it just makes for a way more enjoyable workout than your standard list. You know, let me go get on the Nautilus equipment and just push as much as I can. Uh, so to, to me, yeah, it's, it's always been about the intangibles, but obviously people are coming in for aesthetics and, uh, yeah, to improve their physical well-being, but I, I've always seen how, just emotionally and, and mentally how how much of a boost it gives everybody. Yeah, very cool. You know, you're your guy who's been through the process. You own brick and mortar. You had this gym. It grew to a certain size. You mentioned that your your kids were big into getting you back into fitness right now because maybe there's a bit of bit of you right now that feels like you need to keep up or prove that you still got the demand strength right <laughs> with with the teenagers mm -hmm. but you also have a really cool project in the works right now uh tell us about dojo x and what this is and what yeah 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 so when i closed up my facility it was really i, I got to a point where um, I, I was experiencing burnout i was wearing too many hats and it was there was a night i was training a daughter that was or, or training a girl that was my daughter's age and said what am i doing here it's nine o'clock i should be home with sage and uh, and then realized soon after I, I closed up shop that uh, this is something I wanted to continue. I just didn't know how. So I went down the marketing uh, rabbit hole, figured I needed to get better at that. So I spent five, six years just investing in, in myself there and, and recently came back up on my radar. I always wanted a way to, to bring training to the kids, to the athletes, because the last thing a parent wants to do and they don't have to drag their kids across town to practice is then take them to a gym in between mm -hmm. nights. So 
to me, it's the, it's the one thing that will, will boost their performance is get, get into a structured strength and conditioning program. But if they're not going to drive across town, then we need to bring it to them. So the idea is to, uh, to build up shipping containers. And these things are readily available all over the world and module, build them in mods so that uh, we could put full, full gyms in there. Uh, and now, nowadays you have equipment that folds into the walls. We have, we all wear these biometric bands and the technology is caught up where I, I just see the, the convergence of two. We can bring technology. So there's oversight. We're training kids. So we always want to keep an eye on them, you know, but, but also bringing the equipment so that they can train in their environment. I just see how important that is. doesn't matter if it's team sports or, or, you know, they're on the ice or basketball court, or if they're in law enforcement, you know, you, you should be training in your environment. So yeah, the idea is to, is to retrofit these shipping containers uh, with all kinds of cool little uh, proprietary things we're working on a utility patent at, the, at this point uh, to get them, get them shipped all over, especially North America. But right. yeah, we've, we've done the market research and it's, it's a time, it's, it's a time for this thing. Yeah. Very cool. And you're sharing with that with me earlier this week. I was like, man, this is brilliant. This is really cool. Uh, where can somebody find more information about that if they're, they're interested? Cause I know you're, you're in this, kind of in the startup phase hey you're just getting to push this out where can somebody if they're like oh i'm interested in what that would look like bringing that into my community or investing in that what would they do yeah i appreciate that yeah dojox.us the site is will be live by the time i guess this comes out but uh right now we're in pre-revenue we're, we're building our team uh we do have one uh, letter of intent uh with a uh, with local sheriff's office that wants it down for their SWAT team. Uh, we're, we're definitely targeting high schools, colleges, universities, uh, and then, uh, you know, large youth sport organizations that are looking to, to augment their training. Uh, and then, then we'll move to more of those single individual use cases. Uh, you know, we may look at you know, putting these on tennis or, or tennis clubs, golf clubs, but right now it's, it's those big organizations because you you see it at probably at the college level. Uh, there's just no facilities or it's not enough. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's, that's a huge need that we can go fill pretty quickly for them. Yeah. Incredible. Um, I'm glad you shared about that because I feel that there's parts of your past as an athlete training, you talked about resilience and mindset and then sharing about Bill Jackson, what you have going here shows like your entrepreneurial spirit too. Like you're a business guy. You mentioned just diving into marketing and, you're I'm going to be honest if, if you're listening to this and you are someone who needs help with your marketing and your messaging Zach is also the guy for that he's been super helpful in my journey with doing that and uh, I, I want you to speak to the parallels between and I wanted to come back to this the, the resilience the stepping up to the plate like you say to Jacks, hey we're here to take a swing just take a swing yeah. like just take a swing don't stand back and while you were sharing that story I'm like Oh man, I've heard this from Zach before in a different context, you know, like, like standing up and taking swing and taking your chance and going for it. There's also guys listening to this right now who have kids, but they also have this thing. And this thing is maybe something they're called to do, or maybe it's a side gig, or maybe it's just an idea, the seed in their brain right now that said, maybe I can do this. What encouragement do you have for those guys in that space right now? Yeah, good. That's a great question because I just got off a call where working with a financial advisor and just the same thing. It's like, it's, Hey, it's progress over perfection, man. You just got to go up there and take swings. You're going to, that's the beauty of baseball. It teaches you how to fail because 
if you hit 300 in the big leagues, you're in the Hall of Fame, man. That means you're failing seven out of 10 times. And whether it's business or sports, like you got to get up there and take swings. And especially in business, if you're trying to get a, a passion project out there, uh, to me, the first thing you got to do is marketing. And that's get out on the side of the road, wave signs. I always tell people, if you had the cure for cancer, would you just sit and wait and like build a website and then, you know, then maybe run some ads to it? It's like, no, nah, man, you'd get out there. And, and because this is the thing that lights you up and you know, it helps people you get there and promote it to every tv station you can get on every you, you find any platform mm -hmm. so to me if, you, if there's something deep within you that deep you know that soul force i call it, it you know you're in it when you're in flow like uh, i've noticed that when i'm in the in the gym now competing with my kids like i'm in flow and, and, and hours pass by but uh yeah to me it's it, you owe it to yourself but you owe it to the to the world man i had a I had a good friend I lost last year to suicide. Uh, it's a sad, it's a sad story, but you know, he was a guy that lost his why he didn't know. He, he felt no more value. Guys, guy played pro pro baseball as well. And to, man, if I had to just spend a little bit more time with him, like unpacking, it, he, there was things he liked to do. He wanted to be a contractor, you know, and just, and just being able to just help kind of push him a little bit. He'd still be here in my opinion. So to me, it's, there's something, within all of us that that's wanting to come out and when you can tap into it it can do so much good for people and you just gotta get up there and take swings yeah 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 i love it uh you have dojo x that's a, a business sign but you also do some coaching hey and you have be heroic can you tell a little bit about that and where to find that information i don't want to skip over it because you are a man of many talents <laughs> like i said and i feel that you're impacting the lives of of men and i know and men that i don't know as well but that there's guys listening to this, that one way or another, if there's someone you need to connect with, it's Zach. So uh, where would they find more information about how they get on track with maybe marketing or messaging, if that's something they're into? Yeah, yeah, I have a couple of websites, but I think the best best place to send them to is uh, coachlush.com because I realize for the most part, I am showing up as a coach and you know the marketing, I know it's a challenge for people. I hated marketers, man, like with a passion because I felt they come in, they would sell me, you know, what I wanted to hear. And then there was nothing ever deliverable on the end. So to me, it always comes back to the fundamentals. Like if you need help, um, once, once you get the message and you understand what your offer is, you don't need websites and all that. You can go post it on a, on a telephone pole and, and people will find it if it's good enough. It's, and it's just really understanding how to put together a, a great offer with great messaging. And then you can go build all the other stuff uh, you know, to, to, to drive awareness. So yeah, coachlush.com. I, I do have a branding toolkit that, uh, I believe it's, I'll, I'll make sure I get you the right link, but I think it's backslash branding. So coachlush.com backslash branding. And I'll make sure that that is the link by the time this goes live. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks. Zach. Zach, now I have a question for you. You're, you co-parent teenagers, you have Jack's, you know, seven years old, you're doing the baseball thing. You just got married, but there's lots going on in your life right now. What in your life are you most excited about or what is one area of growth that you've committed to right now man great question yeah that it is definitely around being a better father and a husband because i feel like uh you know I try not to ever focus on the past but there's some regrets like where i i just didn't even though i was around my kids through all those years of them growing up, it just wasn't ever present, right? Because I'm thinking about business and what do I need to do next? And it would be like rush them to get them to bed 
uh, or sitting there at dinner checking my phone. And, and I've now I have gotten way better at digital sunset. Phone goes off, goes down. Um, even if I don't want to watch it, I'll sit through a Disney movie if I have to, because it's, it's those little moments that matters. It's even if it's 15 minutes, man, where I can just say, Hey, let's, whether it's my son, my daughter or Jax, who's also my son, it's those little moments that matter so much for them. So trying to be intentional with that every day. And, and then obviously with Marzi, just taking taking time out for date nights and, and sitting there and listening to her day because you know we're we're typically ones that to fix. So I'm trying to really be better at active listening versus hey, let me jump in and fix that for you because that's not what they want. Yeah, amazing. Thanks for sharing. I always love to hear uh, a guy's answer to that question because everybody is so different, but there's always a little bit of a common theme, right? Is we want to be better for other people. You know, we want to, we want to be better for others, want to make a difference and goes into leaving a legacy of, you know, what are we actually doing in our families? So I love it. Thanks for sharing. Uh, Zach, I've appreciated our conversation today, brother. I thank you for being, you know, vulnerable and open and sharing some stories about you and Jax and Marzi. Uh, If someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? You shared a couple of websites where they could go. We learn more about business stuff, but where if they wanted to connect with you, should they go? Yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, uh, I'm trying to get my Twitter spun up. I still don't understand that platform, even though I'm in that game. But LinkedIn, probably the best place to connect because I, I do check those messages. Uh, and I try to actually stay off Facebook and all those other channels that are, seem to be more distraction oriented. Yeah. So uh, yeah, would love to connect anywhere I can support and help. Um, yeah, reach out and same, same, same camp. I have a lot of respect for what you're doing and who you are, what you stand for. So had a great time today and appreciate you, man. Thanks, Zach. Have a great weekend. We're recording this on a Friday and I'm sure you've got lots on your plate. And if you're listening to this right now, hey, reach out to Zach, connect with him. I'm sure you will be happy that you did. So Zach, thanks for being on the Dad's Making Difference podcast. Thanks, Cam. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.